today, I'm going to be talking about discovering purpose. Discovering your purpose is absolutely vital. We're going to talk about that mostly this entire sermon today, this message. It's so important that you and I are walking in our God-given purpose. We believe at Heart of the City Church, one of the greatest ways for you to discover your purpose is to go through growth track, okay? It's not the only way. It happens the first four Sundays of the month. The next one begins March 8th. Listen to me. Some of you ain't been through it. If you've been through growth track, I want you to stand to your feet right now because it's going to give us a good pulse of those who have not. I got a good pulse on it yesterday, okay? So that's probably about uh, maybe a third to a half of folks, okay? So I'm, I'm not really preaching at you. I'm encouraging today, but I'm also preaching to those who haven't been through growth track. It's during the 909 Okay, during the 909 gathering, the first four Sundays of the month. That's vital. We believe it's a great place for you. First of all, for God to bring you here, it's, it's a vital piece of your journey. And for you to get rooted into heart of the city church is a vital piece to your destiny and to your purpose. And, and I just want to encourage you, if you haven't been through it yet, you'll meet leaders You'll find out what is the DNA of Heart of the City Church, what we're all about. You're going to find out many things that is vital uh, for you, I think, to fulfill the purpose of God on your life through our growth track. But like I said, growth track isn't the only reason why, it's not the only way that you're going to find your purpose. I mean, out of growth track, we have this thing called brush fires. Some of you have been through brush fires. It's a wonderful thing JR puts that on, a class, and it's to help those find their, their, their purpose. But there's all kinds of things out there even uh, to identify personalities like uh, uh, Myers and Briggs and disassessment and so forth and so on. All of those things is to help people, to just, I think, to point them in the direction of discovering their purpose. I say that today because I got a question for you. Why? Is it so important for you to discover your God-given purpose? Why is that vital? Why is that vital for you to pursue the destiny that God has for you? Think about it for a moment. God has designed a specific purpose in mind for you. Just like your DNA, no one has your exact purpose and destiny. You're marked, God's created you for a very specific purpose, and he wants you to walk that out. We're here to help you walk that out. Let me give you an example. Nobody in this room married Raydeen Morgan except me. No one raised Jonathan David Seth Owens and Jamie uh, Raiding Owens Paul except Raiding and I. No one is grandparents to Jonesy Ray James except Raiding and I and Topher's. Are you feeling me? We have 
a specific purpose. We planted Heart of the City. There may be other Heart of the City churches. I, I know there's Heart of the City Church in, in a, I think, Anchorage, Alaska, but there's not another Heart of the City Church planted by us almost 14 years ago. What's your point, J.O., is that we have and you have a specific design and purpose that God wants you to walk out. I'm here to convince you in that. And I'm here to help you find and discover your purpose. How do I know it's specific to you? Because I think it's very biblical. If you look at Jeremiah 1.5, it uses the word you. Say that with me, you. You, you five times in one verse. I'm going to read it. And I think you'll, you'll catch the spirit of why it's so important for you to operate in your God-given purpose, pursuing it. It says this, Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed... 909, come on, y'all got to go with me today. Go, go, go with me. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew, thank you, before you were born, I sanctified, I ordained a prophet to the nations. Now, that was pretty specific, wasn't it? Of course, we can receive the living word of God and it changes our, our life and it's alive to us. But that scripture was specific to a guy named Jeremiah. And just like Jeremiah had a specific calling and a purpose, each and every one of this room uh, is exactly the same way. I believe God wants you to live life to its fullness. Listen to me. I think God wants you to be blessed. He, he has an adventure for you. He, he has an exciting, encouraged, full of faith life. All pointing to you pursuing your purpose that God's designed you for. Are you following me? This is so important. Will there be giants in that pursuit? Absolutely. It's adventurous. Will it be good and evil in it? Absolutely. Ups and downs and mountains and valleys and victories and sometimes feeling defeated. All those... When you're pursuing your God-given purpose, your destiny, it's more exciting than the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I hear Jesus calling me over there somewhere. No, no, it's all good. Just playing. J.O., is it worth it? You have to weigh it out. You really do. <laughs> you have to weigh it out. Because you can do your thing or you can do a Jesus thing. I, I guarantee you that. I think it's worth it. Uh, before my BC days, before Jesus Christ, I had my purpose going on. I thought possibly I'd own a gym or maybe own a bar and kind of do my own thing. And then I get radically saved December the 7th, 1986. And all of a sudden, it's no longer my purpose, but it's his purpose. And it looked way different. Man, I've been all over the place. Here, you're looking at a South Carolina kid, raised an orphan, raised by grandparents. In my season, I've had ups and downs. I tell you what, my journey's taken me all over the place. But since I've been born again, I had a season of salvation. I've had a, a dark nights of the soul. I've had blissful times. I've had ups and downs all over the place. Right now, I feel like I'm in a, at 54 years old. I feel like God's asking a question to me. And the question is, am I willing to live with uncertainty in my life at 54? Am I willing to live with uncertainty in my life? And I immediately want to say, yeah, but then slow down, slow down, J.O. Are you sure about that? You know, I walk with a limp 
And because of that, it's created, I tend to be a control freak around me. And it's no joke. I tend to want to live a life of control. I tend to want to make sure no one dies around me. No one has a tragedy around me. Somehow I can keep their heart beating. Somehow I can, I can keep breath in their lungs. Somehow I can, I, 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 and, and can I live a life of uncertainty? And like myself, there's people in this room that are living in sin. Well, J.L., that's not, that's not too nice to say. Well, it's a, it's a fact. You want nice or you want life. Because listen, you can live a life of control like I have and I try to do. And man, I'm trying to walk it out and repent of it. And this sin is not like this hot, sexy, front page sin. It's like a sin that is accepted in the church. It's a sin that we think we keep people safe and we can keep people out of accidents and keep children and spouses alive. And and I tell you where, it leads to a life of worry and of fear and of control and keeps people, including myself, wound tightly. And I'm trying to keep about 20 balls under the water and here, oh, there's float, oh, whoop, whoop, up, got float, wow, and I'm wore out because of this unwillingness to live with uncertainty. Are you, this is kind of for free today. Are you feeling me? Is it speaking to some of you in here today? Because of our, our you know, our past, things that we've been, love Jesus, total Jesus freak, right? But still a control freak at the same time. Love Jesus. And yet, unwilling to live with uncertainty. Well, I believe God has very challenged me, and I think he wants to challenge some of you that you might need to pull out your butcher knife and begin to put holes in those volleyballs and, and just let them surface. And what? Here's something scary. Here's, you ready for scary? Live a life of uncertainty. Live a life out of control. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Now, if you're not a control freak, that's, that doesn't do anything to you. You're like, yeah, yeah, that's how I live all the time. <laughs> that's not how I live. You're talking about a, a mind being transformed, walking in repentance to try to get out of that type of vicious cycle. Because it is a vicious cycle. Because you may not be addicted to alcohol or painkillers or porn or sex, or weed, not a a big, 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 big flashy sin front page, but absolutely addicted to worry. Absolutely. Can you? Oh, you're looking to, you're looking at a pro. Addicted to fear, addicted to anxiety. And God, I think, wants to do something. Why? Would I bring it up today? Because I, I, I couldn't figure out another way to say it. If you're addicted to those things, your life sucks. Now, don't shout me down before I explain that. It's like, it sucks, but it sucks. It, it sucks the life right out of you. It's like a vacuum. It's like a vacuum. 
by the end of the day, you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. A life like that sucks purpose and dreams right out of your life. And I came to tell you that it doesn't have to be that way. I'm on a journey with you, and God wants you to dream again. He wants you to live a life of purpose. And my remaining time of the sermon, I want to preach and talk to you about a pattern, a life, a path, a person biblically can walk to fulfill their purpose. You interested? I got, I got a secret I want to share with you today, a secret, a secret of how to discover your purpose. Can I, can I share that secret with you? It's not, a, it's not flashy. It's not like a prophetic word, though it can be a prophetic word to you right now. It, it's, it, it's not like, it's not got bells and whistles around it. Some of you, as soon as I say it, you may be, be like, ah, oh, yeah, I might as well leave now. I think there's a secret of fulfilling your purpose, a path that God takes you on to fulfill your purpose. And the secret, listen, is being a servant. Now, I knew I'd get about three amens. I, I, I know that. Why? Because, man, we like, we want something. Like, J.O., no, you need to hook me up right now, brother. I've been doing heroin a long time, and I need a shot, man. I need some, a quick fix, man. I'm in Starbucks line, and they ain't got my coffee in two minutes. I'm like, yo, man, it's taking forever. I'm at McDonald's, 30 seconds, and all this. You see, you see that's the culture we live in. The culture we live in is you want a quick fix. And what I'm talking about today is a pathway for your purpose. You can be all up in church every week for a long time and not still walking out your divine purpose. You can be 30, 40, 50, 70 years old and not be Matter of fact, if you don't deal with this at a young age, when you get older, it'll get you all jacked up and sideways. Because a stronghold not dealt with only gets stronger. You're like, wow, I used to be that level of anxiety. Now I'm like this level, and I used to be that kind of a control freak. Now I'm this kind of trigger. Are you feeling me? I think that there is a purpose, a path to purpose that the Bible shows us that we can lead. And this path that we're going to look at today, the path to purpose is serving. How many know that the kingdom of God is upside down? It's upside down. Say, say that with me, upside down. If you're still trying to do Jesus upside, right side up, you're, you ain't going to get it. If you want to save your life, you. Right? Right? John the Baptist. I must become what? Less. And he become greater still. Right? And so it's upside down, and, and it's vital that we recognize that because we get born again. And, and now we're on this process. One of the greatest scriptures in the Bible is be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? So that we can know the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God, and we become more like Jesus as our mind is renewed. Okay, why? Because we, we've lived a life this way, and now it's upside down, and we got to get used to it. We have to be transformed. Listen to this code red. Jesus says this. Matthew 20, 27 through 28. And whoever desires to be first among you, upside down, here we go, let him be your slave. 
Just as the Son of Man did not come to, look, look, look at it, two purpose fold right here in the scripture why Jesus came. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, God of the universe, the Lord, the King, the Almighty, all-powerful, everywhere, present, maker, creator, painter of the heavens, creator, hanger of the stars and plants. He didn't come to be served. He didn't come to serve. I'm sorry, he didn't come to be served. He came to serve, serve upside down. And to give his life as a ransom for many. You see a two twofold purpose right there, right from the get-go about Jesus. He came to serve, and he came to lay his life down. Joe Hutchins, Hutchinson, happy birthday. God bless you. So I can preach and do something like that. That's all right. I heard about that today. Happy birthday. I want you to look at a guy today. When the Bible says he's a man after God's own heart, to me, he is pursuing God, right? He's a man after pursuing God. He is in a pathway of pursuing God. He has a pattern of life that I think we need to look at, and his name is David, a man after God's own heart. And I think that I can show you today that David, all of a sudden, he just didn't step into his destiny. He lived a life of servanthood that led him, a pattern that led him to fall right smack into his purpose and his destiny. He served. Matter of fact, there's a scripture in Acts that talks about this. This is what it says, Acts 13, 36. For David, after he had served his own, look, 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 look. After he had, y'all, y'all, y'all with me. After he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, and was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. I believe that David discovered his purpose, his destiny, through a pathway of serving. I think we could possibly have a generation that's trying to skip all the way over all that right there, yo. Anybody seen that video, the Millennium's video? It's hilarious. You, you, you have to see it to, you know, I'm not just picking on millennials, but it's like, oh, I'm going to sit in Starbucks and drink my coffee and I'm not going to do anything, but one day I'm going to become a millionaire, you know, kind of a deal. It's, you have to see it. God does amazing. It's hilarious where, where he goes. I, he's so gifted. But my point here is this. We want to skip the process that leads us to our purpose. The process. And the process, no matter how old you are, we're called to a process of serving. I believe that as you serve, you'll step right into your God-given purpose and destiny. Let me give you an example. By, if you respect King David today, who I hire, he's my second favorite character in the Bible, David. The first one, number one, right now. You'll see that he, first of all, served his father. He served his father, number one. David's there out in the field. There he is. The brothers all lined up. Here comes Samuel. Big flask, big probably 
a horn of oil. He's ready to anoint the next king of Israel. Obviously, it's Eliab. I mean, even by the law, even by everything I read in the Bible, it would be Eliab. Here, Eliab, good-looking dude, firstborn. I mean, the firstborn belongs to God. And all of a sudden, Samuel, prophet, man, prophetic. He's about to anoint the wrong dude. Eliab. God says, hey, whoa, time out. It's not Eliab. Listen, hey, hey, Samuel, you look at this, and I look at this. You look on the appearance, Samuel, and I look upon the heart. And you know, what, you know what Samuel did? Samuel went to seven sons of Jesse. Seven sons. Nope, 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 nope. All seven of them. And Samuel's like, wow, it's none of you. Is there, is there anyone else? And Jesse said, yeah, there's a younger one in the field watching the sheep. Guess who David's serving? He's out there serving his daddy. He's not out there going, pick me, pick me. Hey, 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 I'm the next king. Hey, I'm in line. Look, look. Brother don't even know what's going on. He's not even in the lineup. He's out serving. Samuel's like, uh, uh, hey, don't even sit down. We ain't even, go get that boy. We're not even going to sit down till you get him in here. And he gets Samuel. Samuel gets him there and he's like, this is the one. You got the look. Whatever. You, this is the one. This is. And he anoints, those things come over me sometimes. And he anoints David, probably maybe 14, 15 years old, look, as a king. He falls right into his future purpose and destiny while he's out serving his dad. He looks like a shepherd, but he has a heart of a lion. And nobody even knows it. His dad doesn't even recognize it. He serves his dad, serves his father. And then he serves the king. The king, Saul, all of a sudden, Saul's kind of sideways. Because Saul has a problem with fear. Now listen to me right now. How many of you know that fear and intimidation will get you to make some crazy decisions in your life? Get you sideways. You think that somehow fear, fear is a spirit and it's not from God. Either you're operating in power, love, and sound mind, or either you're operating in fear, no love, no power, and you're crazy. I can preach that because I've been there. Right? And Saul, man, Saul's sideways. All of a sudden, a distressing spirit will come upon Saul. And he hears about this guy named David. Look what takes place. Let me, let me read this right here. It says, Then one of the servants answered and said, Look, I've seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person. And the Lord is with them. They went and they found a guy named David. 
And when the distressing spirit would come upon Saul, the Bible, let me, let me, let me read what, what, what Saul would do. So David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. So this David kid, a shepherd, all of a sudden, he comes to, to, serve, to serve Saul. And before you know it, he becomes an armor bearer, and he plays, and look what it says. Then Saul sent to Jesse, saying, please let David stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. So it was whenever the Spirit from God was upon Saul that David would take out his heart. For, for me today, it's a saxophone. And he played it with his hand. Look what took place. Then Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from him. Oh. Feeling a little better, David. He may look like a shepherd, but he's a servant. And he plays musically. Make Kenny G sound like, not much like a superstar. And all of a sudden, David, Paul would, I'm sorry, Saul would get all stressed out. And he called for David, and all of a sudden, the distressing spirit would leave him. David, can you play a little bit louder for me? Can you Kenny G out on me for me for, for just a minute? Not, don't, don't Kenny G out on me. David out, David out, David out. Thank you. Thank you, David. God bless you. And just look where that led David. Have you ever heard of a book named Psalm? Do you know who wrote 75 of the 150 Psalm in the book of Psalm? David. Didn't know that he was going to be an author of the Bible or a writer of the Bible. At least there's one author. There's many writers, and he's one of them because he was a servant. Listen, listen, listen. you got to feel me today. As soon as I start talking about serving, people's like, wow, I don't know. When it's absolutely the pathway for you this moment. You've tried real estate, you've tried this, and you did that, and you've done this, and you've done that, and you've done that. And all those things may be part of it, but what has God called you to do? What is your God-given purpose? Maybe it's time for you to serve. He looked like a shepherd, but he became a servant, musician, armor-bearer to the king. David serves his brothers and the captains. Did you know that David didn't go out? He, he didn't go out to slay no giant man. He didn't go out there on the battlefield to slay the giant. He went out there to serve. He brought a little crackers and cheese. I'll read it to his brothers and the captains. It says this, Jesse said to his David, 
Take now your, your brothers and ephah, ephah and dried grain and these ten loaves and uh, run to your brothers at the camp and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousands and see how your brothers fare and bring back news of them. When he gets out there, guess what? He's out there to serve. Are you, are you, are you catching it this morning? He's out to serve. And there's jungle breath Goliath. Intimidating. Day after day, morning after morning, all up in the grill of the king. If there should have been anybody that was a giant slayer, should have been Saul. He was big, bigger than anyone else. But he was fearful. And David was out there, hey, hey, what will be done for the man who takes this uncircumcised jungle breath guy out? I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. And you know what David does? David's like, hey, while I'm out here, while I'm out here serving up some cheese and some bread and some crackers, I might as well slay a giant. He may look like a shepherd, but he has the heart of a giant slayer. But he came out to serve. Part of the process. One of the greatest stories in the entire Bible in my book is David and Goliath. But don't miss the process. He didn't go out to slay the giant. He went out to serve his brothers and the captains. But while he was serving, he walked face on into his purpose and his destiny. Don't bypass the process that God has in your life. One of the greatest things that we try to do at Growth Track is to get you connected in, on teams in order for you to serve. We see him serving. You got that picture of, of my boy David today? It's a pretty, it's kind of rated PG-13 picture. Ooh, wow. Dave, oh, Davey boy. David also, you can take that down. David also served his son. David really wanted to build the house of God, and God's like, no, you got too much blood on your hands. It's going to be Solomon that, that builds it. So David, man, he's so passionate, so excited. He begins, he's got plans for it. He's got building materials for it. So he serves his, his son Solomon. He does what he can do in order to build the temple of God. Everyone say serve. He served the the purpose of his generation. And then check this out. He's king for 40 years. Greatest king to ever live. They call it the golden years of Israel. How did he become king for 40 Serving. You may be here today and you're like, wow, I've been in church and I've done many things of employment, but I still never felt like I hit the niche. I want to encourage you today that I feel, I feel this beautiful pattern of David's life. If you don't know what else to do, listen. And if you do know what to do, both cases serve. He served his father. He served his brothers. He served the captains of the army. He served the king. 
He served his family. He served the people of God. He served the nation of Israel. Don't skip the process of serving. Serving will absolutely make you famous. Maybe not here on earth, but your name will be known in heaven. The process prepares you for the purpose. Let me give you a, a beautiful scripture that identifies and shows this, the, 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 the pathway, the, the, the process gets you ready for the purpose. Listen, listen to the scripture, 1 Samuel 17, 36 says this. David's out getting ready to take out jungle breath Goliath. The king comes to him, and you can only imagine the king. The king's taller than anybody. He, he looks like a giant slayer, but he's fearful, man. He's shaking in his boots. And he tries to talk David out of it. And I love what David does. Listen to what he says. The process prepared him for his purpose. Listen. Listen to what it says. Your servant... What did he call himself? What did he call himself? Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. The process gets you ready for the purpose. What, what, what do you think got David ready for, for Goliath? The bear and the lion. And this, I love how David talked. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. Just a little bit of my own story. The day that Radine and I got married, this July the 7th will be 30 years, the elders of the church, about two weeks before that, says, hey, would you work with our youth? And I only boast in God because, listen, we were both freshly kind of saved. No, we're we're absolutely saved, but just not saved that long. And all we wanted to do was fulfill God's purpose on our life. We didn't know exactly what we we're going to do, but we said yes. We said that word with me, yes. It's a very powerful word. We said yes to it. And since the day that we said yes in 1990, God has established our destiny and our purpose. It's been all over the place at times. We've had some dark moments, confusing moments. We've had brilliant, bright, blissful moments. But it all, listen, it all began because we just said yes. And since then, man, we've had the opportunity to serve in Eureka, California, and Meridian, Boise, Idaho, and City Harvest Church, and then shot out almost 14 years ago to plan Heart of the City Church. But I want to tell you right now, it began with someone just simply asking us and us really not knowing what we're doing with a yes. Everyone say fat. Yes. Say it with me again one more time. Fat. Yes. I'm convinced that God looks for fat Christians. Fat Christians. Yeah, faithful. Say that with me, faithful. Yes. If you just be faithful, wow. Just give me somebody... That's faithful, faithful with the small things. Faithful. He looks for faithful people. Number two, A. Say this with me, available. <laughs> wow. If you just make yourself available. 
You, you follow some of the people in the Bible, you'll see them, some fat Christians all up in the Bible. Joshua made himself available. Who's on the mountain with Moses? Who's on the mountain with Moses? Joshua. Who's in the tabernacle lingering in the presence of God when, when Moses is gone? Joshua. Who takes over from Moses? Joshua. Who takes the people to the promise? Joshua. Why? Because he's fat, man. Faithful, available, and listen, you've got to have the right attitude, T. Trainable. Don't act like nobody likes to know it all. Oh, I haven't been to five churches. This is what we did there. This is what we did there. This is the best. Just, hey, just chill. Say this with me, trainable. You can say trainable or teachable. We all want to grow and mature in God. But you would be amazed of what people will do, what God will do with fat Christians. Let me, let me bring this to conclusion. Go through growth track. It'll be part of a beautiful part of God directing you in your purpose. Everyone say serve. Whoo. Coming to church on Sunday, that's, that might be the beginning of it, but God has a whole plan. Don't skip the process. There's people in this room. I see people in here work at Father's Market and all over the fit team and on ushers and all, and not just here in the house, but UGM and all over our city. Come on. It's amazing what God will do with you when you'll serve. Everyone say yes. yes. Let your yeses be more than your no's. Everyone say available. available. Make yourself available. We're all busy. Get over it. We all got jobs. Get over it. People are like, I can't go to man camp. I got a job. Well, everybody's got a job. Oh, I'm too busy. Everybody's too busy. You feeling me? You'll be amazed at what God will do with you and connecting you, hooking you up with your destiny. Don't skip the path of the process, the pattern to the purpose God has for your life. Amen? Can I get a better amen? amen.